We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. From the Clark Ford Studio in Oxford, Mississippi, MBW Digital proudly presents the Oxford Exxon Podcast. I'd say thanks for tuning in, but why am I going to give you a round of applause for something you're supposed to do, to be frank? And now, here are your hosts, Chase Parm. And broadcast school has really paid off. And Neil McCready. I deserve to be on TV. Welcome into this Thursday edition of the Oxford Exxon Podcast. Chase Parham, Neil McCready, Clark Ford Studio this uh, morning, just after 8 o'clock, hitting the uh, the button. Good morning to all of you. We'll talk for a little bit. Former Ole Miss quarterback Romero Miller joining us on the Raptors Music and Food Hotline here coming up in a uh, bit as well. So we'll talk plenty of offense, plenty of Ole Miss football, probably a little Saints as uh, as well heading into the, uh, the 2021 season. So we'll do all that and more. On the podcast brought to you every single day by the Oxford Exxon Highway 6 West in Oxford. Self-checkout is available. Go by, check it out, use it, and uh, be on with your day a little bit quicker because of that uh, that option there at the Blue Sky location here in Oxford. Download the SpeedPass Plus app where you uh, earn some points and save some money every time you fill up there with the Oxford Exxon. And again, coming to you from the Clark Ford studio. Clark Ford's in Amory, Mississippi, 662-257-1900 is that number. Call it. Ask for Corey Clark. Tell Corey what Ford product you're looking for. He'll send you a quote within 15 minutes. It's right to the bottom line. No hassle, no haggle. You get your quote. The rest is completely up to you. You can shop it around. You can do what I've done, what I recommend that you do, and that is hop into a Clark Ford today. 662-257-1900. Guest including Romero Miller. Join us on the Rafters Music and Food Hotline, Rafters on the Water. Open this weekend. Be a great place to hang out. Get strawberry, I guess strawberry daiquiris, frozen daiquiris, frozen margaritas, waterfront views, and then also Rafters on the Square in Oxford and uh, Rafters New Albany open as well for you to get your Rafters fix. And don't forget deadsoxy.com. Back with us here at MPW Digital. Go to deadsoxy.com and... Um, Enter the promo code Rebel Grove. Get 25% off the best socks you will ever put on your feet, whether it's the no-shows or the traditional dress socks. 25% off. You can't get a better pair of dress socks for anything close to that price. So check it out, deadsoxy.com. So uh, let's see what we got going on. Uh, ESPN likes Ole Miss is over as one of the, uh, the top bets. If you're going to throw some money on an over-under in college. Uh, What's the number? College ball, seven and a half as Ole Miss is over and under for the uh, the year on the win total. You like that too? Yeah, I like that over. Yeah. I'm, I mean, if we're contemplating between eight and nine, that's more than seven and a half. Yeah, so. eight, eight and a half would be the number that would lend me pause. Oh, eight and a half would be too scary. 
I, I couldn't I couldn't jump on the over at eight and a half. No, but I'd be scared of the under. Eight and a half is the number where I go. I'm out. Because I can make I can make the eight and four argument easily. Eight's the number too because you're pushing too often. Yeah. Because I don't like seven and I don't like nine to actually make it. Seven and a half is the perfect number to get action. Sure. Eight doesn't get enough action. Because you get a lot anything, of, you know what I mean? Like, the people who are like, kind of, I think, educated on it would go, you know what, I like that over. And the people who are looking at it and go, they gave up seven gazillion yards last year. Mm-hmm. I'll go under. In Vegas, that's that's the goal. So it's the perfect line. I have no problem getting Ole Miss to eight. I have, a, I have some problem getting them to nine, but I can do it. It's the people who are doing the ten thing that I'm like, man, uh, you, you boy. Well, now, now we're you, you've you got your goggles as on. a baseline. That doesn't seem like yeah. that fits very well. I don't think that's where we're gonna we're we're, we're gonna head. Today. I mean, I had somebody uh, email me yesterday and go, give me the scenario where they go eleven and one, and I'm like, what? I mean, come on. He's like, I think they can do it. I'm like, well, well okay, but that is literally everything going your way. Every single bounce, no injuries, other teams get hurt. Well, yeah, that's not that's not a good over under at all. I mean, it, it's 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 the perfect one. It's right. It's like I get the mailbag question there like, okay, if I tell you if it's a top 50 defense, what do you think? I'm like, well, I think 9 and 3. Mm-hmm. You know, that's what I think. I mean, top 50 I'm like, what if it's top 20? I'm like, well, it won't be top 20. So that's that's not realistic. Top 20 defenses are better up front than this defense is going to be. The guy who picked Ole Miss is one of the, the best bets. Uh, uh, Kazarian, I have no idea. He says, notching eight wins in the SEC is never a cinch, but I do believe in Lane Kiffin to continue building an elite offense led by quarterback Matt Corral. The defense is never a strength but he can accomplish enough. Catching Alabama and Tuscaloosa will be difficult, but the Rebels nearly pulled off the upset last year. Facing LSU and A&M at home is tough, as is traveling to Auburn. Even if Ole Miss loses those four games, and I do not think it will, the other eight games are all winnable. Yeah. The, uh, I mean, I get them 4-0 in the non-league. Vanderbilt, Arkansas, Tennessee. Get them to seven. And then they get another one. That's eight. That's eight. I can get eight easy. Mm-hmm. And that's enough. And that gets you me the over. That's a win. I can get you to nine. After you'd, you'd nine, be, you, you'd a be a little push. nervous at seven and four, and then headed into the state game. Because you think that's potentially a trap. Yeah, I've, I've covered the I've covered the game for yeah, thirteen sure, years. I mean. it's, it, yeah. it's absolutely. A it's lose. not one you just go check done. All right, no, moving on. No, it's that's a losable football game. Pull it up, man. I'm looking at the schedule. Sure. I mean, the surefire wins. Austin P, Tulane, I think Liberty, Vanderbilt. That's four. The really likely wins. Uh, I think Louisville, Arkansas, at Tennessee. Okay. The should win, but meh. Is is Mississippi State the toss ups are Auburn, LSU, and the two that they really have no business winning in all likelihood are at Alabama and Texas A and M. 
So those are your number from a betting standpoint. I'm looking to see if I've missed something here. Um, I'm still scrolling. Okay. Which something, is something happened? No, 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 no. And I maybe I missed something. Let me let me just go back again. Um, and I don't think I I, I did. Todd McShay put out his uh, 2022 rankings. Todd McShay's preseason top 50 prospects in the class, including uh, a lot of quarterbacks. I do not believe he has Matt Corral in his top 50 prospects. Or the spring draft. Pretty sure. I'd like that over under. That's, again, unless I'm missing something and I'm scrolling through again, I see six quarterbacks and I do not see Matt Corral on the list. Including some random ass people here toward the bottom. I mean, look, there are people who don't believe in him. Nicobe Dean, 26. Yeah. He's only six foot. You really run, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah he's good. Flames. Um, Six flames. So many flames. 22%. Traylon Burks, wide receiver at Arkansas, 39. Great hands. Mm. Yeah, no no Matt Corral in the top 50. Okay. Yeah. I mean, not everybody believes no, in him. No, I mean, just... You know, just, I mean... It just, it's, it's what's so interesting about Matt is it's so volatile because sure. you had the athletic that went, oh, it's Rattler, Howell, Corral. Yeah. And then here with McShay, I mean, from a quarterback standpoint... They've got Spencer Rattler, number one, Sam Howell, number two, Stingley, three. I'm just looking for quarterbacks or SEC players. Kira Elam at Florida, six. Malik Willis, quarterback Liberty, seven. Mm-hmm. Uh, Keaton Slovis at USC, uh, 11. And the kid at Cincinnati, Desmond Ritter, um, 19. Yeah. I think those are the quarterbacks, unless I'm missing one more somewhere. Look, he had one good season. Mm -hmm. The season before that, Matt was not good. Mm -hmm. Didn't play. And McShay? Carson Strong, quarterback, Nevada, 31. Okay. That's the other one. Just a a notice. I'm not going to be the guy that says Todd McShay's an idiot. Not going to do it. Knows a lot of people. Yeah, I mean. It makes it really, really interesting. That's what it does. Sure. Got to a watch to, a potential climb. To Got a lot to prove. Well, that's. Yeah, two games last year that NFL people look at and go, oh, no, no, no. Nope. Can't happen. Those two games, NFL people look at it and go, I. Mm-mm. Those count too. Yeah. Oh, I, I people, and I've done it too. People go, well, other than. It doesn't work like that. Yeah, because we don't other than the six touchdown game. Yeah, other than that five run sixth, <laughs> they sucked off. We, we won the game. <laughs> if those runs counted, you know, Ole Miss lost both of those games. I mean, the truth is, I mean, I'm not to pile on Matt Corral here, but the truth is, if Matt Corral plays well in both of those games, Ole Miss wins. See where Lance got tossed last night? Yeah. <laughs> So for the uh, people that don't, I was kind of keeping up with it when it happened. Okay. It was the fourth inning after they Lynn gets through the fourth and they do the random check. For anybody who's been completely outside of baseball, they're checking for the sticky stuff. They check hat, belt. They check hat, glove, belt. Yeah. Basically. 
for anything well, that can help you throw the baseball. Lance knew that the check was coming. He also wanted to get to the dugout to get some some sort of physical work done. He was in a hurry. Lance is in a hurry. Lance is on Lance's schedule. Lance is a little high strung. He's very high strung when he pitches. And you know, and I think he's got some physical things that legitimately have to be worked on. Lance is not the picture of yeah. you, you he's know. not a spring chicken anymore. He's yeah. been around and, for and a minute. We, you know, walking down the street, you don't look at him and go, "That dude's a professional athlete." <laughs> um, One of the top ten pitchers in the league right now. So he leaves his glove and his hat on the, on the field or wherever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. so that the um, the umpire was late getting to him. Mm-hmm. Lance had already gotten to the dugout, and so the umpire says. You almost feel for the umpire here because he's like, I'm just doing You can see them cringing job. every time they have to do this. Yes. He basically goes, hey, I need to see your belt too. And Lance, instead of walking out and letting the umpire look at his belt real quick, takes his belt off and throws it at, to the umpire. And if you're the umpire at that moment, you really have no choice. I mean... I'm not really taking Lance's side here, but he was but no no no, but I don't think he's like He I, wasn't throwing I don't it. think he was trying to show him up by doing it. No, he wasn't. But it was Hey, here's the belt, whatever. But if you're the umpire, you're like, okay, if I let this go, the next time that I have to do this, and I have to do this. Does it get a little slippery slope and what Yeah, they're throwing their hat at me now, they're throwing their glove. I mean at some point it's disrespectful. Now, the umpire should have gotten to Lance quicker. Yeah, Lance says, he was late getting over, so I left my glove and my hat, and then while I was going into the dugout trying to see the trainers because I'm dealing with something, he yells at me and he needs to see my belt. So I toss it up, and then he throws me out. That was Lance's justification. Yeah. yeah. Lynn, manager Tony LaRussa, and the umpires argued for several minutes, but even LaRussa admitted later that a player can't throw equipment, in this case a belt, at the umpires. He asked whether he thought Lynn might get suspended. I can't speak for the umpires in the league and how they look at that. I hope not. You can't he suspend. Won't. He won't no, get you suspended. Can't suspend he him. won't get suspended, and the umpire won't recommend a suspension. But if you're the umpire, I think if you're looking at this objectively, <laughs> you're, if you're the umpire, whether you wanted to throw him out or not, you had to throw him out. Lance comes back again and says, obviously, I hurt his feelings. He threw me out because I tossed my belt, and I said, well, if you were on time, we wouldn't have this problem. I wish I could have gone deeper. I didn't get the opportunity. It was taken from me. Yes. <laughs> I do love that. It, well, if you'd been on time, it wouldn't be a problem. Like, okay. <laughs> Not on me, okay? Well, well I mean, that, and that's one of the things that makes him a good pitcher is, hey, on the day that I'm pitching, everything revolves around me. Yeah. And the umpire was late. Now, he wasn't bad late. We're, we're, I mean, we're talking 10 seconds. Well, you only have but 90. Lance's deal was, hey, I walk off the field. You yeah. know how long you've got. Get to me. Yeah. And I'm not running off the field. Lance no. doesn't get in a hurry. Well, Lance doesn't run. And he was late getting to him. He already got into the dugout. But it, Lance could have very easily popped back out. Hey, here's my belt. Check it real quick. Okay. <laughs> And frankly, made up the time that he would have had to had the umpire not thrown him out. He would have had to put his belt back on and That's true. all of that stuff. I mean, the umpire had no choice. <laughs> and you hope now everybody just moves on and it's a, it's a it's a night thing and it's 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 done. It's August. The games, the White Sox have clinched the division. They're kind yeah, of like going twelve up. Or they're something. going through the motions. The umpires are tired. They it's, won the game. 
It's August. It's hot. It's late in the season. Yeah, it's kind of perfect storm. And you know the umpire was like, oh, damn it. Yeah, don't. Because if you watch it, it's not a real spirited ejection. It's just kind of a, you can't do that. You know it, and if I let you do it. Yeah, A, I don't want to throw anybody out right here. A, I definitely don't want to throw you well, out A, right I don't here. want to check anybody. Yeah. I don't really want to look at your belt. Is it scheduled? It's it's how does it how do they decide when to do it? It's random, and you're told. Lance would have been told at the beginning of that inning. Hey, at the end of this inning, I've got to check your oh okay. stuff. Gotcha. And that's why the umpires the umpires to their credit have handled this about as well as you could over the course of the season. It's such an awkward and deal. a handful of pitchers, the, especially the guys who are super high strung on the days that they pitch. Mm-hmm are like stripping naked out there, like trying to humiliate the umpire. And really, they're not humiliating. They're mad at baseball. Yeah. They're mad at the New York office. They know that it's on video. Yeah, Scherzer's not actually mad at the dude that's but yeah, whatever. He's not really wanting to drop his pants in front of that particular umpire. But it's yeah. just, hey, I want New York to see it, and you're the – You're here. You're the intermediary. And the umpires are fatigued. We were in Cincinnati and watched. I watched the – you could see the umpire body language – Ah, damn it. I mean, checking Kyle Hendricks, who's looking at him like, seriously? Yeah. Y'all really think I'm doing something? I throw 84. Because, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like, even in the Lance, Lance, I mean, or even in the first inning, Lance is already cussing folks. Like, he just, it's a different yeah, different deal. Yeah. He, 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 and that's, that's his, the way he's he, not a nice person on days he pitches. And so the umpire already is, Probably part of the reason that the umpire was slow getting to him was because he just dreaded it. Just didn't want to do it. Well, he knew Lance was going to say something. and Because <laughs> he was. I mean, in fairness to the umpire, I'm going to go get cussed right now, and all I'm doing is my job. Because yeah. the umpire doesn't have the option of, hey, you can check him if you'd like to. Which umpire does it? The home plate. Is it home plate? Yeah. And it's August, and it's late, and... Umpires are banged up, too. And he was a little slow. And you know the rest. Here's the deal, though. I mean, it's the major story coming out of baseball yesterday. It's the only only thing anybody's talking about. That and Jack Morris. Well, yeah. So no one's actually talking about games at all. Yeah, and if you're Jack Morris, of all the people you can pick on, Shohei Otani? It's inexcusable. I, I, I Yes, Lance is the front runner for the AL Cy Young. Yeah, he's absolutely the way he has rejuvenated his career, and he's always been very solid. But the way he's rejuvenated his career is pretty incredible. I mean, he's throwing five miles an hour harder fifteen years later. Yeah, yeah, remarkable, and not like he repaired his body. No, I mean, kind of. I mean, he's not fat, but he's he ain't he's not thin. He's on the bigger side of. Yeah. Professional baseball it's not players. super athletic looking. No, 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 no. But he just throws hard, and he locates really well. Well, I mean, he he he's going to win a Cy Young Award with nothing but a fastball. Yeah. The when you really think about that, but he doesn't. If you look at his chart at the end of a game, mm-hmm. he's never over the middle. 
He really is placing. Yeah. yeah. So he's right. good. We'll talk to uh, Romero in a few minutes for the dude. I'll tell you about community mortgage, Oxford, Memphis, Soto County, and Chattanooga. All underwriting and processing is done in Memphis. So you can look at underwriting, understand your market, a leader in condo financing, the float down option, and more. You can find Jason at 662-234-2704 or J-L-O-W-E at communitymtg.com. We are also brought to you by Grenada Nissan. If you're in the market for a Nissan vehicle, Grenada Nissan's the place to go. They've got a complete selection of new and previously owned Nissan vehicles. Great lease deals as well. It's GrenadaNissanUSA.com. Also brought to you by Joey Erickson, Heron Gear Chevrolet. Let Joey help you find the vehicle you're looking for at a price you can afford. Choose from a full selection of new Chevy vehicles or get a great deal on numerous brands of reliable pre-owned vehicles. You can call or text Joey at 662-571-2367. Tell him what you're looking for. Or you can stop by 1685 High Street in Jackson to test drive that new or used vehicle you've been wanting. Let him earn your business. And with any purchased vehicle, just mention the Oxford Exxon podcast or the Soft Verbal podcast and you'll get a $50 gas card. We're also brought to you by The Rogue. The Rogue is your uh, destination for fine men's clothing. Their stylist hand select pieces from top designers, from work to lifestyle to nightlife. There's the perfect something for everyone at The Rogue. The Rogue has all the best items from Peter Millar, Martin Dingman, Jack Victor, Halsey, True Grit, Duckhead, and more. Um, you can check them out at 4450 I-55 North in Jackson or at therogue.com. You can also uh, give them a call, 601-362-6383. We're also brought to you by Alpha Specialties, located at 1670 Highway 80 in Pearl, Mississippi. Alpha is your trailer-specific professional. If you want to haul it, they can call it at Alpha. It's the premium trailer dealership in Mississippi. They've got Load Trail. They also have Hallmark Cargo Trailers. They can work with third parties to have game day trailers and concession trailers built just for you. They have spare tires and wheels starting at just $100, a full selection of trailer parts and accessories, hitches, winches, straps, and more. They can also repair all types of trailers, concession, horse, utility, enclosed, gooseneck, RV, and more. 601-932-9798 or check them out at alphaofms.com. Podcast is brought to you by Visit Oxford. Visit OxfordMS.com. Go to the events page, see everything going on locally today, this week, and every single week. Bus tours coming back soon. Remember, when you sign up for an adult ticket for those, they're on Fridays at 3 o'clock and 4 o'clock. You also get $100 off a pair of Blue Delta jeans. And then next week, Eat in the Street. That is uh, not this weekend, but next weekend, Drew Holcomb and the Neighbors headlining the music from 5 to 9. Family activities all day. Pick up some food around town. Sit around and enjoy all of those activities. So, again, visit OxfordMS.com slash events. Now, Neil's going to uh, get Romero on the uh, on the horn, and we will talk to him on the Raptors Music and Food Hotline. I was making sure I had his number. I do. Would have been something I probably should have asked for before we started. Yeah, well. But I had it. Barrett Salee said they're underrated at 16. Good God. Just don't see it. Like at all. Mm-mm. Hello? Hey, Ro. Chase, how are you? 
I'm doing pretty good. How about you? Oh, I'm lovely. Uh, already at work this morning. Busy day. What's going on? Oh, man. Just getting started. You know how to go. I hear you. So we'll jump right in. Football season uh, coming up here in a few weeks. Noah and I were talking about it yesterday. We've still got like three weeks away. You, you feel like when camp starts, it's here, and then you have like this another lull. Um, where are you at right now? And what's the excitement level for Ole Miss? I mean, you glad to kind of get back in the stadium? What are you expecting from a stadium experience? Just sort of where's your where's your fan head at right now? Man, I'm just like everybody else, man. Just being away from football so long. Uh, man, I'm just ready to jump back in. And it's so, it's, this one right here is different because it, even though we had football a little bit ago, we didn't have the crowd, we didn't have the fans, and we didn't have a chance to go down. So it makes it seem like it's been a lot longer than what it actually was. And I'm quite sure everybody's probably like me. Uh, um, we go into the season excited, remembering where we were um, um, a couple of years ago when the stadium, when everybody was there and to where um, – to the, to the hopes that we have this year, um, I know everybody got to be juiced up and ready to go. Did you go to all the games last year? Man, Chase, I went to the South Carolina game. That was the only game I went to. Um, the environment was, uh, man, it wasn't nearly like uh, it was um, pre-COVID. Mm-hmm. So um, saying that, man, I'm just, I'm ready for everything to get, you know, sort of back normal, you know, going down, going down this year, you know. Romero, we're, I was talking to a couple of guys the other day about, this very topic specifically, I was talking to Momo Sonogo about the difference with being having a full stadium and and not full. You know, you guys, when you play, you, you scrimmage, of course, in the stadium, and the stadium is empty, and you have to create your own energy and all yep. of that stuff. How much does a full stadium and a game day and, you know, the walk of champions or the Tiger Walk or whatever it is that you do it wherever, how much does that fuel a player over the course of a, of a Saturday? Man, it, it, it helps out so much, especially on the defensive side of the ball, because the defensive side is it's all about a lot of time energy. Um, offensive guy, we try to be more quiet because you know we have to know precisely what we're doing on every play and you know communication wise. But defensive guys, man, they definitely feed off the energy. You know, I just I can't even imagine playing in an empty stadium, man. It just to me it just seemed like a glorified practice, <laughs> and man, it's just hard to get your it's hard to get your juices flowing. You know, someday even during the season when you got a packed house. You know, 12 games in a row, you're going to have a couple of games where, you know, mentally it's going to be hard to get up for. So I can just imagine going into a playing, you know, eight to 10 games, you know, with no crowd. Um, I had to tip my hat to not only Ole Miss team, but everybody in college football because they they did a lot better than probably what I could have did a long time ago. You know what? It's one of those things. Chase and I have talked about this. There were some games last year in the NFL even, and those are professional guys getting paid, mm-hmm. where there was one in particular, it was, it was Bears-Packers and – the game was at Soldier Field in Chicago, and that normally is a big rivalry, and it's packed and loud, and people are drunk and crazy and all that yeah. stuff, and it was empty. And I, I remember thinking, yeah, I get it. It's an NFL game, and you're doing your job, but that's that's a chore to have to completely replace all of that energy the way that, that those guys did. And I, I always kind of thought it was a credit to the NFL guys last season across the board because for the most part they were playing in empty stadiums and the product on the field didn't appear to suffer i always thought that was as much of a of a compliment as you could give to professional players man i tell you that i was watching hard knocks the other night and i think the the rams and the cowboys scrimmaged against each other at practice and you think about it it was more fans at that practice than there were probably at a lot of the games last year yeah 
And those guys probably was able to feed off that little bit of crowd last last you know that I saw last week on Hard Knocks uh, more than what they were uh, in games last year. So man, it's, it was totally different, man. It's like I said, I don't want to go through anything like that again. <laughs> I hope we never see it again. Uh, hopefully we've come back on come back on the other side of this COVID deal and we're able to get to the stadiums and go out and enjoy our teams like uh, we're supposed to be doing. When you watch Matt Corral, what do you see? Uh, you know, I'm proud of Matt. Um, I just, you know, I think last year we talked and I talked about um, how I could see him growing up as the season uh, went along. And the two games that really stood out for me was the Arkansas game where he literally slung that sucker all over the field, threw a million interceptions. And then you fast forward that down to the last, uh, to the LSU game where he came out, he was slinging it through a couple of picks, but he kind of reeled it back in. You know, and I've always said as a quarterback, you can sling that sucker around, but if you throw that second pick, you need to be trying to bring it back in a little bit. And then you go you go back down to the bowl game, and I noticed how he just took what the defense gave him. Um, and, I, and I said this on Twitter. I said, you know, eventually if he keep taking what the defense give him, whatever big play is going to pop. And, you know, some days you're not going to better go out there and throw for 500 yards. But you got to go out there and manage the manage the game and don't lose it and you know that's what he did in the bowl game. So I can just uh, you can see the, the development in him throughout the year and his belief in himself and knowledge of the offense and I can just only imagine how it's going to be this year. I know I'm excited to watch him play. What do you feel like is the the emphasis or you know in replacing Elijah Moore? What does that look like for Ole Miss this season? Uh, you know, Chase, I'm just not I'm not worried about offense as long as we got Lane. Um, I just feel like we have enough guys on offense where um, he can diagram some plays to get the ball in our playmaker's hand. Um, you know, like I said, we have a lot of guys out there that got a lot of experience um, quite initially. They didn't catch a million balls like Elijah Moore last year. But I know um, they've, they've waited, and here's the opportunity to go out there and play. And um, like I said, um, it, it's, it's one of the where, you know, he don't have to rely on Elijah Moore. You can spread out the four to five different guys. And sometimes spreading it out the four to five different guys is a lot better than spreading it out throwing it to one. We've been talking a lot about the last week or so, Ole Miss's depth in the backfield, and obviously you're aware of what that looks like when, 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 when you play. Different offense, of course, but having so many different options, been to move those guys around, what what, what is the, the, the big positive uh, for, for Ole Miss and just having that that amount of depth behind them? Because I think it's probably the best backfield since at least I've been covering the team. Yeah, I think it's, I think it's one of the best I've seen. You know, you come into the season where, hey, if one guy go to hell, which you don't want anybody to get hurt, it next man up. Or you flip side, it's going to be 100 degrees in September and probably early October. And, um, hey, we're going to have fresh backs just ready to go. So that's the one good thing about it. You know, um, you know, we have so much depth at that running back position, man. We we should be in line to have big gear. I don't know if we'll have a a, a back to go for 1,000 yards yet because we have so many. But, man, we're going to have some guys that's explosive when they put the ball in their hand. When you play, could you tell that a little late in the year your backs were, you know, a half step slow that they were kind of at a different level just because the wear and tear as the years moved on? Man, I, I really couldn't tell, Chase, but you got to think. I had Deuce McAllister back there with me. I mean, shoot, the guy, he yeah. wasn't going to get tired anyway. Um, actually, I think when the season went along, he was a big back, and I think he got a lot better. And then also with Joe Gunn and stuff like that. So, you know, I couldn't tell. Um, I hear I hear guys talk, and I know it's a thing. But, you know, being a quarterback, I know for myself, I know how hard it was going out to practice week 10 and week 12 and, you know, stuff like that. So I can imagine my body was tired. I can imagine the guys that actually did the physical work, like the offensive line, the defensive line, and also the running backs. I can imagine what their bodies felt like. 
Did you go through a dead arm phase as a quarterback, like in the preseason? Because you always hear about that in baseball, for example, like when the guys are in Florida and Arizona, there's there's like a two week period where they kind of have dead arm, and it's just sort of a natural thing. Does that happen in football too? Oh yeah, it definitely does. The first week you go out there, the first week you're not used to the repetition. So let's just say if you go from in the summertime, man, you may go out and work out with the guys and throw throw the ball around. But then when when well, we had two days, now you're doing it two times a day. And now they don't do it two times a day now, but your your arms it still got to get used to making those throws. So yeah, after uh, after about that first week or so. Uh, yeah, your arm it does get tired, but then it kind of catches back up, and um, it it'll, it'll catch up to where to where you need it to be. But yeah, it, 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 all arms going to go through that. Chase is worried about the Saints. <laughs> watch his, watch his know, body language when I, I say it. He's I I am so worried about that cornerback position. And Chase can tell you, I text Chase every every month. I'm like, man, we haven't replaced Janoris Jenkins yet. So I'm not more so worried about the quarterback position, and then I am. I mean, that cornerback position, we got to get that position filled some kind of way. So are so you and Parham have both convinced yourselves that Jameis Winston's just going to be okay. It's going to be no, right. I, 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 I never said that, New York. Here's, here's, here's my thought process. Here, my, here, what I, here what I tell people that hate Jameis, is the Saints fan that hate Jameis. I said, our roster is so good. Chase and I can go out there and start at quarterback, and we're going to go 8-8. Eight and eight. At 8-8, eight and eight, you're picking like 15, 16, 17. So there's not going to be a top quarterback picking that late. Uh, usually now, Matt Jones went 15, I think, this year. Sure. But usually the guys don't fall that far. So for us, if we, if me and Chase can go start go 8 and 8, we pick at 16, we better hope Jameis recover that number one draft pick potential because we're not going to draft high enough to find anybody to replace him. <laughs> so we looking about, I'm looking about a hope. I'm hoping Jameis the guy because I just know the roster is so good, we're not going to get a top 5 to 10 pick. Uh, to replace them anyway. Is it bothering you a little bit, though, that neither one of those guys is separating, which means Jameis isn't separating from Taysom Hill at this point, and they look exactly the freaking same so far? No, it, it doesn't bother okay. me because I think the locker room know. If you listen okay. to any veteran ah, on the team, okay. they always talk about Jameis QB1. QB, you know, the, the veteran, they're they, they saying it. Now, what's the love? Of, what's the love affair between Taysom Hill and Sean Payton? I just can't. Under, I can't understand that. I still can't understand why they gave him all that money. And then people, you know, they want to say, "Well, why would they go sign anybody else?" Because shoot, we, we was cap scrap, and then we turned around and gave Taysom that big contract, which made no sense to me. Um, but you know, I don't know when when you listen to the players on the team, they um they always talking about how they talk a lot. They talk. They talk as Jameis is the starter. You know, I just even you. I remember having Cam Jordan. He made that comment in the off season before camp even started. We're talking about it, so um, I look for Jameis to be the guy. If not, I'll be totally surprised. But you know, we'll see. I think he's the guy too. I, I think some of it is Peyton's talking because coaches do that stuff. And to me, this is the big challenge for Sean Payton this season. Is you had Drew Brees for all those years, mm-hmm. and Winston has far more physical talent than Drew Brees ever had but he's yep. he's had a, has a tendency to throw picks and he has a tendency mm-hmm. to pile picks on top of picks and he has a tendency to, to try to make up for he has a tendency to try to hit the nine run home run mm-hmm. and Sean Payton supposedly one of the best offensive minds in, in the game his ability to sort of manage Winston while getting his physical talent out of him is is the challenge right you know, I, I've said about Sean forever. I'm like, man, Sean will make a wide receiver. 
And I've never been worried about wide receiver with the Saints. <laughs> this year, we're going to the we going into the season with a bunch of nobodies. <laughs> but saying that, I'm still not worried about the wide receivers. But still, we got receivers that we don't know about. Then we got a quarterback that we technically don't know about. In a position that I'm worried about is cornerback. <laughs> you know, so we're we're gonna see how this we're gonna see how this unfolds. But still in that division, Tampa, I mean that the way that, that roster is set up, man, it's gonna be hard for anybody to beat them. But um hopefully we can uh, just plug away, man, and hopefully get one of those wild cards. How would you have handled the Michael Thomas situation? Chase, you know, I've been uh, if you follow me on Twitter, I've been ready to trade Michael Thomas for like the last the last year. I just did my my thought process. Just take all the off the field stuff out of it. I said Michael Thomas is making twenty million dollars. When Michael Thompson, when he came out of college and he was at the combine or whatever pro that he ran a high four six four seven. Now that works with Drew because Drew can throw the ball over twenty yards. So everything he caught was like twenty yards or less. So now you got a guy, James Winston, who can blow the top off of it. And now I'm assuming that what Sean want to get back to. Uh, four seven receiver is not going to be able. It's not. It's not worth twenty million dollars. So my thought process is, I mean, which I I don't even know about the cap part of it, but, but I'm like, how in the world are we going to pay a guy twenty million dollars that don't really benefit our quarterback by opening up the field? But then then when like all the off season stuff came out, they just put fuel to my fire to saying, you know what, uh, it's time to move on from Mike. But from what I understand, his cap number is so high. Where they they can't do anything with them, so they got they better uh, sit down at a uh, at a, at the at the dinner table and figure it out. <laughs> uh, Chet Rose wants me to ask you, Romero, about the 1999 Egg Bowl. I don't I don't have any I don't know what that is. So you you okay. when when someone brings up 99 Egg Bowl, what comes to mind? I assume that's not good news based on the way he said it. Well, the '99 Egg Bowl, that was the one down in Star. Was that the one in Star? Yeah, that, 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 that was the blown lead with the late. Okay, 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 okay. Man, it was, it was just one of those plays, man. Where honestly, I still to this day, man, I still believe Coach Cook made a a good call. Um, I know the way it, the, I mean, everything looks bad about it, the way it happened, but I mean, it was literally a, I think it was like under a minute left. We was going to take a shot, throw the ball deep. Mm-hmm. But what a lot of people don't know is that the previous week, the Georgia game, I hurt my ankle and, um, they shot my ankle up before the game. And so instead of me being able to throw that ball 60, 70 yards down the field, I can only throw it 25 to 30 yards down the field. And so if you look at that play, if I would have led Jamie down the field, I believe I could be wrong. Jamie was about to, he was ready to run by the defenders, but with me not being able to put enough on it, um, it turned into a jump ball, and the rest was history. The history they uh, intercepted the ball. I think they call it the kick fumble or kick kick, kick interception or something like that. Kick the uh, field goal and um, won that game. You know, one thing about football, you remember you remember the bad plays more than you remember the good plays, and that's one of those plays that actually that stand, that, that would always stands out in my mind. So you got hurt every time you played Georgia, right? That's where you, you broke your collarbone. <laughs> Man, the joke was my last year out. The joke was I'm not going to play against Georgia. I'm not playing against Georgia my senior year. I'm like I'm not doing it, <laughs> you know, because the first two years, man, it was just one year of collarbone and next year a twisted ankle type of deal. And I'm like, you know what? I'm not playing against Georgia my senior year. 
but we, but I, I made it to the last game. I was healthy my senior year. He he mentioned the environment after the game. Is that, was there ever a couple of games where you were kind of worried about getting off the field? I mean, did fans? Did I mean, was it ever kind of chaos on the road after after a game? Well, you know, you know, back then that, that rivalry was real hostile. Cause if you remember, um, two years ago we went down there, and that's when the fight happened. Yeah, you know, and then this year, then this year, then that year, uh, the way the game it wasn't it wasn't. It wasn't as uh, chippy as that fight year, but the way that game ended, you know, you know, it wasn't like it was a 20, 20 point game with a minute left type of game. It was like one of them bam where everybody rushed and everybody's so excited at one moment. And so you can just imagine, uh, you'd have been in, you been in Oxford when, the, you know, just think about Sinclair's ghost and when he uh, yeah, intercepted yeah. The Alabama guy, like. It was unexpected, and that place erupted. And so, when so basically on that play right there, that Starville erupted, and uh, man, it was one of the loudest stadiums I've been in at that moment, just because of everything came down to the last minute of the game. You had an up close and personal look at obviously Eli getting into campus, just kind of the Eli mm-hmm. effect on the university. Now, twenty years later, what does that look like when Arch does pick a place? I mean, how does how does it compare from just a sort of a Manning effect uh, to, to to when Eli showed up in Oxford? Man, you know, you know, so crazy, man. Eli, when Eli came through, I was in it. <laughs> you know, yeah, so yeah. when you're in it, you don't really, you don't really see the ramifications of everything. <laughs> that makes sense. Oh yeah. Because yeah. when he was on his visit, I hosted him. He was just the guy, you know. But now I'm an old guy. <laughs> I'm an old head now, and I look at a guy like Arch. He's a program changer, you know. Um, you know, just now with the social media, and I know if he pulled a plug early. How many players going to come to Oxford with him? Um, I just think, I mean, we're getting there, but he, I think uh, with an early commitment from him, they can speed that process for laying them up a lot more than than actually what it is right now. But back when Eli was there, man, I just don't remember. The, I know it was hoopla, but man, I just didn't remember it because I was involved in the hoopla, you know. So it's kind of it's kind of crazy. To, I, I don't know if that makes sense or not. What you but do? You, you appreciate stuff a lot more as you older. Like back then, I didn't follow recruiting because I was hosting the guys. Mm-hmm. But now, shoot, I'm always uh, shoot. If a, if a, if a four star, five star kid coming to campus, man, I can tell you more about him now than I could in it. And back then. And shoot, I was hosting the guys that were coming to campus. <laughs> what'd you uh, What'd you do with Eli on his visit? Well, I didn't ho- I didn't host them per se. But quite naturally, we always around hosted all of the guys. Uh, we just did the typical, the typical stuff, you know, hug out amongst each other and um, go to the square a little bit type of deal, you know. So <clears throat> I didn't host him per se, um, but we kind of hosted all the guys together. Let me say that. What was your first impression of him? First practice when you? I know you were the guy, but he, yeah. you knew he was. Yeah. The, you knew he was the quarterback of the future. What did you think of him? Actually, man, when he got on campus, his arm wasn't as strong as when it left. And the one thing that I remember is when he got there, we was thinking, man, like his arm is just not as strong as we imagined it would have been. But then as he kept on working and kept on training and developed, his arm got stronger over time. You know, but the one thing and I remember, um, you know, back then we actually came up with his nickname, Easy. You know, so because he was just the same guy, like the same guy you saw in he was perfect for New York because, I mean, he was always uh, low key, calm. He never get fluttered. I mean, shoot, he he was I mean, I don't know how you guys would like him as being in the media, but he would never get up. He would never get down. He was still the same old way. And we like said, so we just called him easy. And that's just the best, the best name, the best thing that I can say about it. He was just easy with everything that he did. You think he's a Hall of Famer? Um, I think so. I think he's. I think he's a Hall of Famer. 
Um, I know it's going to be a lot of talking when that time come. You know, you look on one side. You know, um, he had a he had a um, some bad season and some bad. You know, but on the flip side, he won two interceptions. But you know, you look at that Giants organization, man. I looked at it about like six years when he was playing there. I'm like, man, are y'all trying to get this guy any help, especially on that offensive line? And then still, you look at it now, they still haven't turned around yet, you know, if they were Daniel Jones. So, um, like I said, I mean, I, don't, I look at some guys, you know, you can be a Hall of Famer playing on a bad team, playing on bad teams, being in a bad situation, and he could be one of those guys for me. We're jumping around a little bit, but I want to get your perspective on this. I mean, obviously, Matt Corral's the quarterback this year, and I think uh-huh. everyone except for Todd McShay expects um, – <laughs> and Todd's certainly entitled to his opinion. Um, everyone, I think, expects Matt to, to go pro at the end of this season. Mm-hmm. The, the two guys behind him haven't played any real snaps at this point, and there's mm-hmm. already there's already transfer portal talk. How do yeah. you think the transfer portal is going to change programs? I mean, because in the past, right, it would have been yeah. you know Luke Altmaier would have gotten some snaps this year, and then he would have gone into the next spring and. Maybe the offense takes a couple of steps back, but he's the quarterback of the future and all that stuff. I don't know that quarter, that coaches will be as patient now with the transfer portal. How do you think that changes quarterback development at the college level? Uh, it's, it's, it's different. I think we're in, we're in uncharted water where we really don't know. Um, I know the guys at Ole Miss this year, I'm, I'm expecting them to get a lot of snaps. <laughs> Not because of Matt going to get hurt, but I just feel like we're going to put up a lot of points. And a lot of these games could be over a lot earlier than what we're used to seeing in Oxford. <laughs> but, um, I mean, that, that transfer portal, man, it, as a coach, man, you, you got to think about it. You, got, you know, I'm quite sure the coach is thinking, man, if I don't play this guy, he may transfer. So we got to get him some more snaps. We got to get him some more runs. And, yeah, you know, you, t- you talk about that. Look at the running back position. I mean, gosh, if, I mean, you got to spread the ball around. If not, you you got to think that man may there's a possibility one of my guys or two of my guys could possibly leave. So I think it would change uh, uh, not only the recruiting aspect, but how you coach guys when they get on campus. Completely jumping around right now, but I, I know you got into CrossFit for a while. You, you taking tips from Cutcliffe? He's looking pretty good at his age. Dude, man, I saw him. I'm like, man, what in the world, Coach Cut doing up there, man? But no, nah, he looks good, man. I'm proud of Coach Cut, man. He he looks like uh like he's he's he, he's involved with something. But man, he's up there, dude. He cheating. He got like the best. He got the best uh, nutritionist and everything up there. We you know we the we the poor folks, man. We just go work out and we try to figure out how we figure it out. I, I know that you're just watching it on TV, but how is his offense evolved obviously into this era from when you were playing well you know back when i played i mean it was you know one what two two backs a tight end uh two two wide receivers and then actually uh he started to change and evolve and as he would as he would old miss i remember my senior year we came into more four wide five wides and stuff like that i haven't watched them enough to see if they're doing more of the up tempo ish type stuff but I'm quite sure he has to probably change with the times, just like everybody else. But I, um, from what I've saw, what I can, what I see when I see the highlights and stuff like that, it's a totally different offense than what we had back in '99 uh, and 2000. Last thing, um, I don't know if you got to see Justin Fields the other day. Mm-hmm. I mean, he looks. Should I go ahead and book my trip to the Super Bowl for this year, or should I wait <laughs> one year? Do you a man, man? Oh, lifelong uh, Bears fan since last season. Well, you know what? 
and I I don't know who I told this, but it wasn't about the Bears. But, but I said, man, when you get a quarterback, you better enjoy it. Me and Chase have had 15 years where we can we don't we don't win in pretty much pretty much 90 percent of the game thinking, oh, we are gonna win today. Mm-hmm. And when you get the, when you can do that for 10 to 15 years, you better enjoy it. Because the way it goes around, it could go back on the other side. So this year, me and Chase going to be going to a lot of games like, oh, Lord, are we going to win today? <laughs> you know, so well, the Bears for the have, 15 years. The Bears man, have better, Andy, Dalton, Andy Dalton and Justin Fields. I mean, it is, it is an embarrassment of riches. I mean, they've got the, the, the big redhead and then the future. I mean, it's amazing. It's right man, there. What is crazy about this, man, is I have family in Chicago, big-time Bears fan. And man, they they I sent them a little picture of Andy Dalton yesterday, basically saying that it's his turn it's or whatever. His, it's his time, Dalton yeah. saying it's his job. Yeah. And I'm like, man, he's probably the only one in Chicago who's thinking <laughs> this right now because it seems like the wave is coming, and um, they're not going to be able to fan wise. They're not going to be able to sit um, Justin Field down um, down as as long as they thinking they're going to. But it just amazed me, man. That one thing about the NFL, um, how did he get passed up by so many teams? And I know this. I know this preseason, but he looked darn good in the preseason. He did. He did. And then you, and you think, I mean, how could this guy go from being arguably the number two quarterback in the country and probably high school and college, and then they time to get in the draft, three or four or five teams pass him over, which I just I don't understand it. But hey, it fell he fell, fell in a good spot to you guys. It happens every year. The 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 season ends and the draft is not until basically the first of May. And they have way too much time to think and hold meetings and do yep. group think. And that can be that can be really dangerous from a decision making standpoint. It, it every single year it leads to mistakes. Yep. With guys getting overdrafted and guys getting underdrafted. It it does it every single year. And it, it never changes because you have you have four months as an organization to evaluate and evaluate and evaluate and evaluate. And then you hear these rumblings that oh he's a He's a bad practice player. He's a whatever, and then that stuff plants a seed, and it it has plenty of time to get watered and fertilized and grow. And next thing you know, he's dropping. And like you said, I mean, if you're the Bears, and I've read the stories about how that draft went. I mean, that draft went perfectly for them because they they believed there was a chance that he would fall to there, and if if he did, they were they were poised and they got him. And I think I think you're right. I think they got a ten to fifteen year quarterback. Yeah, like I said, I mean, my family in Chicago, man, they, they threw the moon. Yeah, yeah, I think they live there, and um, they've seen the bad. And so now that the good is come, the good is about to come, man. They they pumped up and excited. So, well, hey, thanks for the time. Really appreciate it. Hope you have a great um, rest of your week and weekend, and we'll talk to you soon. All right, thank you, man. Y'all have a good one. Tamara Miller there on the Rafters Music and Food Hotline. We'll continue the show in a second. Before we do, I'll tell you about Northeast Spark, N-E-S-P-A-R-C.com. Got the Ignite package, the 100 Mbps, or the Blaze, the 1 gig that powers the Clark Ford Studio. Your hometown team bringing you world-class broadband. Again, that's N-E-Spark.com, 662-238-3159. Phone services available, parental controls, network security, and more, so call the office for details and get the best internet around, 662-238-3159. We're also brought to you by John Edwards, Regency Travel Incorporated in Memphis. John's part of Virtuoso. It's a worldwide network of travel partners that allows him to supply his clients with added values, unique benefits, simply not available to other travelers. Just get in touch with John, give him some parameters, give him a budget, and um, he'll give you tons of options. 
And no, you don't have to live in or near Memphis to take advantage of his services. 901-494-3387 or Edwards at regencytravel.net. First-time clients can save $50 off their first book trip just by telling John you heard about uh, him on the Oxford Exxon podcast. We're also brought to you by Pinnacle. Uh, get in touch with Pinnacle's 401k advisory services team today. They'll conduct a complimentary, no obligation benchmarking and analysis of your current 401k plan. Just go to mypinwealth.com. Again, that's mypinwealth.com. We'll be taping a soft verbal later today. That's brought to you by the College Corner. It's your one stop rebel shop. Two locations. In the Jackson area, in Ridgeland, it's next to Fleet Feet. In Flowood, it's next to Half Shell. If you don't live in Jackson, it's okay. Go to collegecornerstore.com. Plus, you can find them on Facebook and Instagram. Whether you're tailgating in Oxford or homegating with friends and family, the College Corner has you covered for game day. The largest selection of Rebel gear in central Mississippi. We'll have a hand-raised guys tonight. That's brought to you by Comer Heating and Air and Southern Heating and Air. We'll tell you more about them tonight. If you live in the uh, DeSoto area, Hernando, South Haven, Memphis, that area, uh, Southern Heating and Air is just like Comer Heating and Air. Different name, same people. So we'll tell you more about that starting tonight. If you live in Oxford, Tupelo, and the surrounding area, 662-801-1777 for all of your heating and cooling needs. And we're brought to you by Lamons Fine Jewelry. Lamons is at 1126 North Lamar Boulevard in Oxford. They've been serving the Oxford area for more than 73 years, from engagement rings to wedding rings to fine jewelry, watches, pearls, fa- fashion jewelry, children's jewelry, collectibles, and more. Lamons is the gold standard in fine jewelry. LamonsFineJewelry.com or call them at 662-234-2777. So, um, <clears throat> you know, it's, it's, it's interesting, Neil, that... Um, I kind of forgot I'll misplay Georgia every single year um, until Romero started talking about that. He was talking about our threat a little bit as uh, as well. And I guess I'm thinking about Texas and Oklahoma a little bit, thinking about all the different ways that um, schedules change, teams change, different things. What becomes normal happens so fast. Do you know what I mean? That, like – Within five years of Texas and Oklahoma, that'll just kind of be the way it is. I mean, we're already now, oh, yeah. 10 years later, A&M is just sort of the way it is. I mean, mm-hmm. there are so many little changes that are – and I get this in a little change, but we adapt as fans pretty easily to the sport sure. that we follow because, frankly, we want to. Does that make sense? Like, yeah, we, 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 we want to adapt. We want it to be what we want it to be, and we sort of, in our minds – matriculate toward that direction as it kind of goes on so I I was listening to a basketball podcast the other day and they were taping it it was like August the 15th or 16th or whatever and someone goes you don't know how fast it goes this time a year ago the Thunder were playing their final regular season game of the year in the bubble it was like August the 16th you're like look at look at the lineup for that game it was Chris Paul and Danilo Gallinari and and guys who are there, everybody's gone except uh, Shea Gilgis Alexander. And the point mm-hmm. was not about the Thunder, but the, how quickly something changes. And to your point, how quickly you sort of acclimate to it mentally. One year ago, you were getting ready for a playoff series that went seven games with Houston, and the next year, within one calendar year, you're completely in on on rebuild. 
on tanking, on the process, on all these picks and stuff, and it happens fast. We haven't heard much. What's the next move in that expansion? NBA? No, 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 NFL. I mean, college football. Texas, Oklahoma. Like, I mean, it's, it's kind of oh. kind of going dead now that the season is getting here. What's what's next? What's the uh, next bit of I mean, news? I still think the odds of Texas and Oklahoma playing in the SEC next season are higher than 90%. This is not going to be tenable for another year. They're not going to want to do it. And at some point, you know this is all happening behind the scenes. At some point, someone is going to pop and get an Iowa State, a Kansas. Those those programs can't be sitting still right now. Well, oh well, we'll just wait three or four years and then we'll figure it out. No, they're they're looking, and someone's going to extend an opportunity, and when they do, they're going to take it, and the Big Twelve is going to dissolve, and that's that's where this is going. And if it doesn't happen like that, Texas is going to go. You know what? We're going to bite the financial bullet and buy out. Mm-hmm. They're ready to go. Oklahoma's ready to go. And you can start justifying in your mind, if you know that you're going to make X dollars down the road, you start coming to the justification of, okay, well, maybe, we, maybe we'll have to have tuna and ramen for a year, if you will, but we're going to go ahead and do this. And Sammy says a Big Ten, Pac-12 alliance is coming See, here's my thoughts on that. If it does, it's not the whole Pac-12. I don't know that they're ready to go to a 2016 league. No, 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 no. I mean, no, I think no, no, no. Is there a is there a scenario where the the Big Ten goes to 18 teams by poaching four Pac-12 teams and blowing the league up? Sure. I mean, the, the schools are out there. Everyone's named them already. It's Washington, Oregon, Stanford, and Cal. And if you're the Big Ten, you add a lot of California, you add Oregon, you add Washington, you add four pretty prestigious academic institutions, you add a football power in Oregon. Makes a ton of sense. It, it answers the SEC, but what does that do to USC? What does that do to UCLA? What does that do to Arizona State? Leaves them scrambling. And I don't know that they look at it and go, okay, well, like in that scenario, and I think that scenario is certainly possible. In that scenario, does USC go, okay, well, yeah, we'll just hook up with Baylor and the leftovers over there. Or do they go, all right, well, it's time for us to find our new superpower home, and I think that's more likely. And if that happens, this is the big thing. I feel thing. like you have to wait on it to blow up before you just bite the financial bullet. It's such a big financial bullet, and you know it's eventually going to blow up. Don't you have to have as much know. patience as needed? Yeah, but four years of patience? It's a lot of patience. We're going to do this for four years. You're going to be a lame duck for four years? What does that do to you from a recruiting standpoint? Yeah, I mean... I can tell you this. They're telling recruits right now that they're playing in the SEC next year. As I should be. Of course. But if you end up not doing it, you could probably get away with one more year, but after that it starts to hurt you. Kids go, hey, they lied to me about what they said. They said we'd be playing in the SEC, and here we are playing the Big 12 again. It's a gamble, though. 
I mean, it's not done. You know what I mean? Like, I, I think you you're right. I mean, telling the kids that either way. I mean, I, something could happen that could keep them in the Big 12 for another year. Sure. I mean, it's not I, a guarantee. That's what I'm saying. I think you could, if you told me that it went one more season where they played the 2022 season in the yeah, Big 12, sure. I'd buy it. But if you told me the over-under was 2023, I'm going under. I don't think in 2023, Oklahoma and Texas, I don't think there's a chance in hell they're playing in the Big 12 that year. Texas has the money. They can fold the Longhorn Network and just take that money and be done. Yeah, they've been willing to do it from the start. And Oklahoma has a ton of money. And Oklahoma's not going to let Texas they go They can't without. let Texas go first. No, they're going to go with them. So that has to be a mutual decision whenever it's, whenever it's done or whenever it's happening or whatever that looks like. So in my scenario, let my scenario play out. Mm-hmm. Now you're the ACC and you have to do something. Or you run the risk of dissolving. And that's where you start. If you're the ACC, that's where you start going, okay, well, I know it says Atlantic in our thing, but we don't have to be Atlantic anymore. And that's where you figure out a way to get Notre Dame to join you. Maybe you take Kansas. I don't know what you do. It becomes weird. It just becomes super conferences, which is where we've been heading there for a long time. And maybe what's I think the merger that makes sense, it's not – does it's not very appealing to the leftover Big Twelve? The what's it called? The irate eight. That's correct. Yeah. The um, the handful of the irate eight that can't find a new home, they merge with the American and make that a stronger league. And maybe they get a bone thrown to them. Well, they, I mean, they're going to get some type of television contract. I mean, it's not going to be what the other ones are getting, but I mean, you're not going to be completely left out in the cold. Well, they might get a spot in the playoff. A guarantee, the yeah, winner sure. gets a spot in the playoff. I mean, there's there's ways to, well, especially in a 12 team playoff. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you got to have got to have bodies, and you would hope your champion would be in that mix anyway. I mean, the the thorn in the playoff side right now is not realignment. It's it's the Rose and Sugar Bowls. Yeah, they won't budge. And they, and they dictate a lot. They dictate a lot. They have a bigger, a, a, a bigger stick than you would necessarily think. The Rose Bowl wants the game played at four thirty in the afternoon on January first. Mm-hmm. That's what they want. They want that picturesque setting with the sun setting in the mountains. Yeah, sure. At four thirty in the afternoon, and they really won't budge. They don't want the game played at. Eight at night on January third. They want it at four thirty on January the first. The Rose Bowl they're, loves the sunset. They're willing to move to January the second if January the first is Sunday. That's yes. it. Yeah, that is their flexibility. And they don't. And the playoff. They don't negotiate. And the playoff might at some point have to say, "Hey, if you want to be a part of it, you're going to have to get in the mix." And I don't know that they figured that out yet. Although I still think there's a real easy fix to this. You just make January 1st the day of the national quarterfinals. You play the first round in December. Yeah. January 1st is the quarterfinals. It would be a holiday. And you could still play the other games. I mean, you could still play the Outback Bowl or whatever. The people who would always watch the Outback Bowl are still going to watch the Outback Bowl because it's going to be. Well, yeah, the they're going to watch an Outback Bowl when it's a playoff game. Yes, or it's but whatever. But even I mean, if it's yeah. not a playoff game, I mean, you know, same people are going to watch it. It's the same scenario. 
people are drunk and we hung over from the night before. We overcomplicate this. Yes. Football in the holidays is football in the holidays. Yeah. Watch it. Play the games. That's what happened. I've been saying this for years. Make January 1st a national quarterfinal day. Yeah, this. And then let them play on the 8th or 9th, whatever, the national semifinals. Like this year, for example, would have been perfect. The Saturday of, I guess, whatever that is, that's the, the end, that would be the Saturday before the last regular season weekend of the NFL. Mm-hmm. And then you play the – so you play the semifinals on that Saturday, let the NFL have Sunday, and then you play your final on a Monday night again. Because Monday night football would be over because the NFL would be into the playoffs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Everybody wins. And so you let the Rose Bowl have their spot. And you let the Sugar Bowl have their spot. They want to play late Saturday night. Okay. Let's do it. Play an 11 a.m. game in Miami where it's noon Eastern. Play a mid-afternoon game in Dallas or, or, or Atlanta or whatever. Then play the Rose Bowl, then play the Sugar Bowl. Those are your four national quarterfinals on New Year's Day. Who's against that? And then if you end up having the game in Mobile has to get played that night, so be it. Yeah, sure. Play it. The people who cheer for Bowling Green and South East, Alabama East or Carolina yeah, yeah, are going to sure. watch the game. Yeah. And the people who bet on the game. The exact gonna... same audience you would have if it was any other day, Absolutely. any other time, with any other purpose, or no matter what the rest of the playoff structure looked like. None. Who watched the Citrus Bowl last year? Auburn fans and Northwestern fans and people who bet on the game or people who just like football because it's football. Yeah. And those people will continue to watch. But if that were, if that game were to be a national, a first round game, for example, even more people would watch. Mm -hmm. Podcast brought to you in part by Nick's Tan and Associates here in Oxford, 662-281-1200. Let them help you out for all real estate needs on the buy, sell, and the sell side. You can go to the site and click on... uh, the link in my signature, the link in the 321 content item that is on Mondays during the preseason, Sundays during the regular season for football. You get gallery view, map view, talk with agents, and much more. A lot of experience between O'Keefe Graham Clay, Deweese Clay, also your District 12 House Representatives member as well. So for all the uh, real estate needs you possibly have here in the Oxford area, nix10oxford.com, 662-281-1200. Blue Delta Jeans makes the best fitting, most comfortable jeans in the world because they are uniquely made for you and only you. Raw denim jeans, custom fit, hand-tailored in Tupelo, Mississippi. One size fits one at bluedeltajeans.com. Uh, get in touch with them today. Go to their website. Go to the virtual tailor, and you can be measured and design your newest jeans in just a couple of minutes. Blue Delta will make sure that you're looking good for the first kick of football season here in a couple of weeks. Uh, podcast listeners can redeem 10% off your purchase using the code REBELGROVE at BlueDeltaJeans.com or in the Oxford studio. It's a great time of year to get a pair of Blue Delta's cotton genos in the works, so don't miss out. Pinpoint Commercial Real Estate is based out of Jackson, Mississippi. They service the entire state in all commercial asset classes, such as retail, office, industrial, and land. Sam Cox, B.B. Mitchell, or Ole Miss graduates, they utilize their unique skill sets to execute on assignments and increase value for their clients. This week's property spotlight is on the Village at Madison. The Village at Madison will feature roughly 60,000 square feet of restaurant, retail, and professional office space, along with roughly 75 zero-lot-line residences. With Pinpoint 
handling the leasing for the commercial portion of the development. The development is located on the corner of Madison Parkway and Main Street in Madison. Cobblestone streets, iron railings, and gas lighting will serve as signature elements of the development. If you'd like to learn more, get in touch with Sam and BB, 601-586-3220. And we're also brought to you by ACS. They're owned by my friend Clay McNutt in Baldwin, Mississippi. Established in 2013, ACS is a complete electrical control system solution provider and a Rockwell Automation Recognized System Integrator. They have a full-time dedicated emergency service and troubleshooting staff and a UL508A panel shop. They can service and install Rockwell Automation, Allen Bradley, Siemens, ABB, Square D, and many other manufacturers. Go to acsllcms.com or call 662-601-4381. And we're brought to you by Game Changer Patch Company, Game Changer developed their own custom blend for treating hangovers several years ago to help reduce dehydration, prevent sleep deprivation, and help process alcohol. They're the only two-patch system available on the market. You should check it out. I've used it. It really works. But you can try it for yourself. Gamechangerpatch.com. Enter the promo code REBELGROVE20 at checkout for 20% off your purchase. And don't forget, you'll be back in the Grove here pretty soon. They're expecting full capacity, and the team at 7 South Tailgating will be there to serve any tailgating needs you may have. It's your one-stop shop for all things tailgating at Ole Miss. They provide a level of service that's unlike any other. Their team is passionate about serving fellow Rebels, and it shows if you use their service once, you'll never tailgate without them again. To lock in a tailgating package for the fall, visit their site, 7southtailgating.com, submit a request, or feel free to call them directly at 662 321 1682. Podcast is brought to you by GM Pharmacy and Tyson Drugs. GM there on South Lamar in Oxford, delivered locally in the Oxford area. They offer MedSync for your prescriptions at the same time each month to take care of you. One trip to the pharmacy, one delivery, and you have what you need with GM. Again, 662 236 We didn't talk about it, but you see where um kid for Alabama, now I'm forgetting his name. He did the the NIL that Good. was also – no, no, no. That oh. was uh, not where I was going, but we can talk okay. about it too if you'd like. Um, did the T-shirt NIL where the company also did it with the university, so they're able to actually sell officially licensed jerseys oh, really? with his name on it. Oh, wow. Um, yeah, so, I, I, again, I forget the player. Um, um, how it works, I asked people about this, is the shirt company is doing both sides of it. So they pay the licensing fee with the university to be able to use the university logo and the university stuff, and then they do the deal with the player to then put his number and give him a cut of it and do whatever it is. So they're able to sell 41 with Smith on the back or whatever it is. With all the authentic. With all the Alabama oh, cool. insignias on it. That's a win for fans. And now the company, I guess, is the one taking the hit because they're having to dole out money on both sides here, but they get to be the the company or the the shirt that actually does have that available. So yeah. Just a little creative might not even be the word for it, but just a little different wrinkle on you know, I get that. NIL questions all the time in like my mailbag and stuff, and I don't know the answer to them yet. And I talk to a lot of people, and everyone just says the same thing, which is it's just so early. No one really knows yet exactly how NIL is going to work out or not work out over the course of time. 
yeah, the Alabama quarterback's going to get rich. The Clemson quarterback's going to get rich. What's it really going to mean for the 50th guy on the roster no. down the road? No one knows, really. Mm-hmm. And probably not much unless you get some deals like this BYU thing where they pay the tuition for every walk-on and yeah. some stuff like that. I mean, that, that's genius on their part. They can figure that out. I mean, that's a game-changer for their program. Well, football is what moves the needle. Football is what matters. Yep. But if you had companies willing to do it to any level, it would be huge for the non-equivalency sports. Yeah. To add the – I'm not even talking about baseball necessarily, just any of them. I mean, sure. that have the the lack of full scholarships for all the different sports there's do. Because, I mean, it would be legal to tell the golf team, hey, no, we'll cover the rest of the scholarships for all the rest of the, the whatever. And I suspect that's going to happen at some places. I mean, place like Texas, for example – that might be their path to joining quickly. Having some boosters go, you know what, we'll help you carry some of the load. We'll we'll cover scholarships for the track team or the softball team or the rifle team or whatever. I mean, somebody willing to do it. Yeah, maybe you'll upgrade our suite a little bit. Yeah, sure. Get a little more selection on whatever it is that we're Yeah, we can get a little more a little more attention. Mm-hmm. And the expense is not crazy. It's a it's a goodwill expense that's not super expensive. Yeah, it's relative not, to any yeah, other promotional yeah. that you would sure that you would have for for sure. You mentioned Otani earlier. He hit his fortieth home run last night. It was um, a bomb. He pitched last night too. He did. Yes. He's all right. He's the MVP, right? I don't see how he's not just given his yeah. success on both sides. I mean, right? Oh, yeah. I mean, I think he's the best story that baseball's had. In like his his plate forever. appearances and people and, and number of plate appearances against, I guess is how you would phrase that, um, is relatively similar. And he's hit 40 home runs and allowed eight. Yeah. So from a ratio standpoint. The one he hit last night in Detroit was just – Majestic. He's ama- he's amazing. I mean, Carson and I were talking about this in the car the other day. Because I was like, what do you, you know, I'm always curious this with young people. Because he's 14, soon to be 15, and now he's in high school. So he's around older guys. I'm like, on your soccer team, when you guys just goof around, what do y'all talk about when y'all talk about sports? He's like, NFL, NBA. They talk English Premier League some because they're sure. soccer. College football. He goes, he goes, I said, does anybody ever talk baseball? He goes, no one ever talks baseball. He goes, I talk Cubs with one guy at school who's also a Cubs fan. And I was thinking about when I was his age, freshman in high school, we talked a lot of baseball. That sport, that sport can't figure it out. I can't get out of their own way. And you got a guy like Otani? They need to be marketing the hell out of him. Just as a quick refresher here as we get close to closing the podcast, if you're not a baseball person, we are getting fairly close to the stretch run. Um, I see ESPN has their power rankings out this morning. The top 10 teams in baseball as of right now, Padres 10, Yankees 9, Red Sox 8, A's 7, White Sox 6, Brewers 5, Strohs 4, Rays 3, Dodgers 2, Giants 1. Quick recap there. I catch myself. Three NL West teams in the top ten. I catch myself cheering for the Giants. 
because of your boy? Because of KB, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah I think so. And I would, I would cheer for the right Angels now. if they were in it because of Otani. Yeah. Well, Joe Madden's yeah. there, and Dexter Fowler's yeah. there, and I like Mike Trout, but they're just not in it. He's suddenly streaking Braves are eleven, by the way. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah that's good for them. They had another sweep last night. They moving on up. Two and a half, three game lead, I think, over the Phillies in the NL East. Is that right? Yeah, something I like that. They pulled it up. Yeah. Something like that. The Reds have kind of hung around. They're at 12, 13. Yeah, they had a bad week. They they just lost a series to the Cubs, <laughs> which is probably not a series that they wanted to lose. The Cubs are still uh, 26 in the power rankings. They're not in the bottom three. Just give us time. 54 and 69 now for the uh Brewers have a nine and a half game lead over the Reds. The Braves have a three and a half game lead over Philly, a four and a half game lead over the Mets. The Giants lead the Dodgers by three games, the Padres by 12. So that's over for the Padres. The uh, wild card race right now would be the, the Dodgers and the Padres. The Reds are a game and a half out. The Cardinals four out. Philly four and a half out. The Mets five and a half out. And that's it. Oh, so the Padres would be a playoff team today? By a game and a half. Padres would play at Los Angeles in a one-game playoff. Okay. And the winner would play the Giants in the first round. And the Brewers and Braves would play in the first round in a series that would start in Milwaukee because the, Bra- the Brewers have a – Brewers are nine – actually ten games ahead of Atlanta in the sta- if they were in the same division. And then in the American League, in case you're curious um, – Tampa's leading the East, the White Sox Central, Houston the West. It would be the Yankees against either Oakland or Boston in a wild card game. Seattle's three back, Toronto's four back. Everybody else is pretty much out. The Angels, for example, are seven and a half games out of the second wild card. You're not making that oh, much really? up. Yeah. Okay. So there's your baseball rundown for the uh for the day. Hope you enjoyed uh that. Appreciate Romero giving us a uh, a good bit of time today. We'll uh well, I'll say apropos to uh, nothing, well, yesterday's conversation, we are big believers in doing whatever you would like, whatever that be, no matter what we say. So if you'd like to spend a ton of money on weddings, get married on holidays, Oxford Floral is a great place to get flowers <laughs> for that. 662-234-2515, just apropos of nothing there. So wonderful people let them take care of you. I, I, I really recommend those. Did you uh, make those. some enemies yesterday? No, 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 we're all good. I'm just people helping people, just pointing out that people should do whatever they would like and that spending Plenty of money on weddings is an admirable and lovely thing to do. So, uh, again, they are, uh, in all seriousness, really good people. Use them all the time. David's a friend of mine. So, uh, Oxford Floral there. Um, yeah, we will uh, continue to uh, follow this thing. Practice today, right? Yep. Right? Yep. Practice. I'm assuming practice this morning. It's raining right now. There's a media opportunity that I will be attending uh, around noon. It started at 11.50. I actually looked at it. Lane took the podium at 11.59 on Tuesday, so it'll be around that time today. I'll have coverage at rebelgrove.com. We'll have a soft verbal later today. I've got a mind on my money here in about 37 minutes that we'll tape, and then we'll have hand-raised guys tonight, probably around 7 is my guess. So we'll uh, talk to you soon. Hope you have a good day. Be safe. Talk to you then. I'm Mark Chapman. Welcome to the Planet Premier League podcast. 
Each week, Cesc Fabregas, Nader Manua and myself talk all things Premier League. As a player, you don't have time to talk. No. You don't have time to make a plan. You just need to deal with wave after wave after wave. We watched Coach Carter and he said, oh, afterwards, the game's just about doing this for your teammates. And I remember looking around halfway through the film and half the squad was asleep. <laughs> Planet Premier League. Listen wherever you get your podcasts.